welcome into the latest episode of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios on 104.3 The Fan HD3. My name is Tyler Mon, and pleased to be joined as we uh, nearly hit the month of March by Pioneers head women's lacrosse coach Liza Kelly, who is kind enough to join us uh, in the middle of a gauntlet in the schedule, although it kind of there's no really a stretch of your schedule that isn't a gauntlet. Uh, but it's good to see you. How are you, Liza? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having us. So it's excited to be here and had a nice, nice couple home games and um, enjoying the weather with the exception of today. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording on uh, this weird Tuesday where this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, it's going to be an all right day. And then it was like whiteout conditions. And uh, yeah, it's been a little annoying. Hopefully by the time we get to the weekend and you get Maryland in on Saturday, it'll be back to be. I, I uh, think our, our Colorado sunshine will be back. Exactly. Which is a good thing. And uh, the last few weeks, you've got to have some fun uh, under the Colorado sunshine. And let's talk about the, the start of this season. You're four weeks into the year now four games into the year um and you're three and one some really impressive wins uh at home louisville ohio state san diego state a tough road trip to take on a top 10 team in michigan uh in ann armor let's talk um you know kind of thirty thousand foot view first what have you liked about these first four games now um almost a month into this season yeah all four really different opponents um got a chance to to really learn about ourselves strengths and weaknesses i mean i think going into michigan is the second game while the result was really tough, I, th I think it, it just tested our metal and really pointed out some things that we needed to work on. So you, you got to take that as, an, as a learning opportunity. And I, I really think that the team refocused last week and practiced to uh, prepare for Ohio State and San, San Diego State um, and just and, and we're able to fix a lot of problems especially getting those games and those lessons early on in the season. Um, how important is that for learning? You know, I know on the, the men's side, we've always talked about the the four different seasons in the season, where you have your non-conference, your conference play, your conference tournament, and the NCAA tournament. When you're learning these lessons in that first quarter, so to speak, in non-conference play, how important is that? And especially learning how, you know, from year to year, teams are going to, to digest and implement all of those knowledge uh, pieces in different ways. Um, how much have you liked what you've been able to see in that refocusing? I think it's been great. Um, I've, I've seen some different people step up from a leadership standpoint, which has been really fun. You know, our, our attack is is interesting. We we have a lot of veterans, but they're not a lot of veterans that have played together for us. So, you know, that second game was really a second game with, with an inexperienced group together. And so I think that was where some of the road bumps um, took place a little bit. Liza, to be at uh, three and one at this stage of the year and to have done it against four really good opponents, um, that's so much of the culture of your program is, you know, not ducking those early season matchups. You open right out of the gate with Louisville uh, in game number one. Um, what is the the reaction from your group when they know that, you know, week to week, you're not going to have any real lie down games, real easy, uh, you know, kind of the equivalent of those buy games at the early portion of a, a football or basketball non-conference schedule. Uh, how much do they embrace that and how much do they enjoy those challenges? Yeah, I think they love it. I mean, I, once Michigan ended, we all wished we'd had a game the next day immediately um, to be able to kind of to jump back in there and play some more. You know, we're, we're not a team that fortunately we're not a team that has lost a lot. Um, so we are really bad losers. I would say our, our, the team's bad, the coach is bad, our parents are bad. So we had to kind of learn how to lose well, if you will, quickly, um, kind of put our thinking caps on a little bit better and, and really understand that there are good things that can come from a loss, even though you are devastated in the moment. <laughs> Last time we did a show together, we were going to make sure to said, I hate everyone. And this yeah. time, I think we need to make sure to say we're bad losers because that's <laughs> those are two good things 
in the culture of a program. You don't want to be making friends out there and nobody enjoys losing. That's a good quality to have. Yeah, I, we, we might be a little bit too um, toddler-esque, you know? <laughs> it's, it's my toy and I want it and I refuse to share it. <laughs> and then I don't want to change those, those attributes either. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely. You are, uh, one thing I noticed, uh, you know, watching some of your, your stuff this year um, and looking at your numbers, it seems like the efficiency is really good um, in terms of the, you know, of your total shots. You put a lot on target. Um, it seems like your offense is playing very confidently, and it certainly helps when, you know, you haven't allowed double-digit goals uh, in a single home game. And in the game against Michigan, you know, you go on the road, and that's still a game in which you don't allow double-digit goals. I know you took the loss, but you played really well defensively. How much do those two things feed each other where you're playing well on the defensive end and it seems like it might heighten some of the efficiency and the focus and the um, just the ability to be steady on the offensive end? Yeah, I think it's two things. I think that um, one of our goals defensively is always to hold teams under 10 goals. That is a little tougher this year with the rule changes. Um, so, so there's challenges where I think defensively we have to accept that teams might score more than we want to. Um, but if we stick to the game plan in terms of really capitalizing on the cost turnovers, we do get the saves we do get um, and putting the ball into our attackers hands, they have more opportunities. And that's something that we got a little bit um, away from in Michigan again, is our, our, our clear percentages really weren't down. We're down in those first two games. And that was a huge focus this past weekend is that when we make a stop, we have to make sure that, that ball gets into the attack so that they feel confidence on that, that other side of the field and that they can take more opportunities. And then the second piece of that is one of our goals is to take more shots this year, certainly, um, is to put more shots on net, really, you know, test keepers, test other defenders and, and keep that other team's defense kind of back on their heels throughout the game. You uh, this past weekend, you know, we mentioned uh, having the the Colorado Sun, you got to play on like one of the perfect Colorado weekends. Friday, you get the big win over Ohio State, 15-5. Sunday uh, against San Diego State, 18-8. Um, there's something special about Peter Bart Lacrosse Stadium on those weekends, and I was talking about this with Matt Brown last week. The other thing that's really cool this year is the new playing surface. And uh, I know we had a, a video feature um, that was was put out on, on DenverPioneers.com and elsewhere with you and Brownie talking about uh, the new turf at Barton and what some of those upgrades have meant for your programs. Um, a, how do you like the turf in game situations? Uh, and B, what is it... Uh, like as the head of a program and also for your players seeing that investment in the program and being the beneficiaries of that. Yeah. The turf is awesome. I mean, we, we were in dire need of a new turf. I mean, there were times we were walking out last year to practice and I was sending, you know, the higher ups pictures of me pulling the turf up and showing them holes underneath it. So the turf is great. It plays really well. It's a little different because it's longer. So it's not as fast as it was, but it's still, it's beautiful field. And then I think that, um, you, you know, the, the pride that I think the university has in all of its athletics is is just really special to be around. And I, and I think that when you have um, a, a new AD come in, Josh Burlow has done such a good job of, of making so many upgrades around both the Ritchie Center and outside that you walk around and you just kind of feel this this renewed pride in 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 Denver. Um, and I think that's really fun for the for the girls to feel that what they're doing is really important, respected and appreciated. Talking about last weekend, um, in a different context, on field, uh, you play two games in, you know, 48 hours, which is so important for what you're going to face later on in the season, because you're going to be asked to do that, whether it's conference tournament time, NCAA tournament time, championship weekend, those sorts of things. Um, how important is that experience for your team, even though it's, you know, in February against non-conference opponents and you're still digesting and learning so many other things, so many different lessons, 
the ability to go out, play two games in a 48-hour span, and play really well in both ends of that, um, you know, in effect, weekend doubleheader. Um, what is the importance that lies behind that? Yeah, I mean, we referenced postseason this weekend when we were playing it. I mean, I think it is it is really hard. I, I mean, I want to preface it by saying that it is asking a, a, just a great deal of the student athletes um, mentally, physically, all, all around it. Um, but we do it at the end of the season, you know, whether it's conference, whether it's NCAAs and, you know, I, I've talked to other players on different teams and other coaches. And when they don't have the opportunity to play Friday, Sunday throughout the year, they really do think it's a detriment to, to how they're going to do and the experience that they have at that next level. So yeah, we referenced it immediately after Friday, you know, we said quick turnaround, we got to buckle down. This is exactly what you do in NCAAs, what you do in conference, Let, let's test ourselves and, and be prepared. For you guys as a coaching staff, do you manage, um, you know, the workload of of your team in a circumstance like that, maybe a little bit differently than what you would do in the conference tournament or the NCAA tournament? Or is it so important to get that experience for everyone that you want them to have? Hey, if you're going to be doing this in April and May, we need you to be comfortable doing it now. A little bit of both. I mean, I, you know, one of the things that we do that I, I'm really proud of us for doing is we, we try to give our players two days off every week when we can. Um, and so going into last week that, you know, that was tough coming off of a loss, but you know, you, you make it work. So you try to get them as well rested as possible. I think the biggest challenge is that after you win on Friday, you're really hyped. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to fall asleep. It's hard to kind of get back. You know, you don't, you're not re kind of ready to eat yet. You played at a weird time. And so so it's it's all of that kind of preparing for that Sunday game and and not just resting your legs and and your lungs, but kind of getting your head and your your stomach back on track too. That's a really good point because most people I think would just assume, oh, well, you get the win, you can pack it in, you can settle down, wait for Sunday. But there's such an adrenaline rush that comes out of that. Uh, and it probably does make it difficult, especially in that that interim day, that middle day, where you've got a lot of energy that you want to get out, you want your team to be able to get out, but you also don't want to burn them out for Sunday either. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that practice is pivotal. You know, there's a, you, you don't want to do too little, right. Cause you got to get them running and moving, but you also don't want to, you know, it's kind of like studying for an exam past midnight. If you don't know it, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, I applied that at like 8 PM. I was like, I'm not going to get it. I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> All right, Liza, we're going to step aside for a timeout. We're going to talk about uh, the continuing gauntlet of your schedule when we return uh, as the Pioneers with some big ones coming up, including this Saturday against number nine, Maryland, a Peter Barton lacrosse stadium. We will talk about that on the other side when we return. It's the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show with Pioneer Head Lacrosse Coach Liza Kelly back after a break presented by Johnson Financial Group on 104.3 The Fan HD3 from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. Beautiful. Again, extension on those leaves, just picture perfect. Join DU Gymnastics for the final home meet of the 2024 season at the University of Denver on Sunday, March 3rd. That was a perfect routine on this event. The meet will feature a carnival on the course for youth fans. Purchase online today to cheer on the Pios. What a way to finish off this meet for the Pioneers. DU, Denver's home for college sports. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Ah. 
Now Rizzo in the slot. Fires! The best college hockey finale of the season is DU versus CC. Saturday, March 9th in Magnus Arena on the DU campus. Shot! Divine! It is sure to be a sellout, so purchase tickets early. Webster plays it off the end wall and buries it. DenverPioneers.com, Denver's home of college sports. He shoots! He scores! Back inside the Front Range Toyota Store Studios on 104.3 The Fan HD3. It's the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show presented by Johnson Financial Group. Talking Pioneer Lacrosse with the head coach of the DU women's team, Liza Kelly. My name is Tyler Mon. Liza, uh, as we started recording, uh, we were talking about your upcoming schedule. And I mean, the there are schedules that are difficult schedules. And then there are schedules that you look at like yours and think like, man, you're going to need a nap after all this is over. Uh, so far this season, you've knocked off, you know, a powerhouse program in Louisville to open things up. Went on the road to number 10, Michigan, home against Ohio State and San Diego State. Now you've got number nine, Maryland, coming up on Saturday. Week after that, you've got a rematch of your championship weekend appearance against Northwestern uh, on March 8th. Then you're at Stony Brook just three days later. So you stay on the road that entire time. So that's not an easy swing. And then you're home for Stanford. And that's all before the start of conference play. Uh, so you're three and one right now and obviously feeling good, um, but it doesn't get any easier from here, which I know is how you want it as a staff and how your team wants it. Um, what is that um, that grind like? I mean, to come out of a game week and right into another one that's this challenging. You know, I think the kids rise to the challenge. I think they get really excited to play these top teams. Um, you know, I, I really feel like when you're preparing for the, the best you practice better. You, you know, you, you demand more out of yourself. Um, you demand more out of the people next to you. And so that's my hope kind of kind of going into this week is that, you know, now we know we've got Maryland. Uh, we know there's no kind of cupcakes coming up on the schedule. So you, you really got to get after it and work on your weaknesses and, and build on the strengths. To be uh, taking on another top 10 team, albeit at home this time uh, versus a top 10 team, you know, 10 days ago on the road in Michigan. What do you feel like you've corrected most? You touched on this a little bit um, in our first segment, but how do you feel better position maybe for this Maryland matchup uh, this weekend, aside from the fact that it's at home versus maybe what uh, what transpired in Ann Arbor? Yeah, you know, I think even in Ann Arbor, we didn't even know what we weren't good at yet. <laughs> you know, so I would say we we got exposed up there um, in in the best way possible. <laughs> um, and in terms of really being able to say like, okay, well, when we stick to the game plan, you know, on our clears, we're a hundred percent. I think we were close to a hundred percent this weekend. Um, when we get the shots that that we want to take offensively, we put up huge numbers. When we take the shots that they're trying to give us, that's different. So I, I think that there was a lot of self-evaluation after that from both coaches and players in terms of, you know, what makes us good. That's what we have to kind of continue to stick to. The stretch of ranked opponents is just wild because it's not like, oh, every once in a while you'll get a squad in that's, you know, 24th. And that's what you're going to see. I mean, it's top 10, top five opponents, and we're not going to look too far ahead, obviously. But in a couple of weeks, you do get that rematch against Northwestern um, reigning national champs, a team that's in the top five. They're number three uh, coming into this week. And you'll see them on March 8th uh, to start that away weekend. Stony Brook is the Monday game. There is sometimes that danger in sports of a team knowing, hey, we lost this team in the Final Four last year. 
they might not be our next opponent, but my mind is on that one. How do you guard against that? I mean, obviously having an opponent coming in like Maryland probably does a lot of that itself, that your team isn't going to be overlooking the number nine team in the country to go get the number three team in the country. But how do you balance that where you know that every week there's a different energy, there's a different storyline, and there's a different type of enthusiasm for those matchups? Yeah, I mean, this team is really excited to play Maryland. This is the first time the Terps have been out here ever. Um, you know, their coaching staff was was out here before I was. Lori Kennis, one of their assistants, coached out here with me their first year. We have so many kids from the the you know the Maryland area that they are really hungry for this game. So I'm not concerned at all about us looking looking past Maryland. Um, and and I think they're excited. It's a doubleheader with the guys on Sunday or Saturday. It's it's going to be a beautiful day. It it, sh- it should be just an amazing day of lacrosse at PDB. When uh, you have those types of, um, you know, Colorado days and the crowds like you've gotten, you know, the last weekend could not have been more tailor-made, especially in February, uh, to to bring fans out to Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium. What does that mean to you? As somebody who's been around this program for so long, it feels like every year Pioneer fans take another step in their support of these programs and in showing up on lacrosse Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. How cool is that for you to have watched that grown over your time with this program? It's amazing. And it's really fun to, to see just the, the, the little kids that come and then now they're in college playing. I mean, I have a player that when I first got out here was, was coming to our camps and clinics and now she's has her own child and is coaching my 13 year old at lacrosse. So I, I think that the, the full circle of fans is really cool to see. And then, and then the crossover, um, you know, I know Brownie's got a lot of alums that have daughters that, that you know, they bring their, their kids to our games too. So it's really, it's really fun to see. I, I love looking up and seeing all the pink hats, all of our alums that come to the games um, makes it just so special. And, and the fan base here is spectacular. Um, they're in, to it it's such an intimate setting because you're right on the field right. you really follow it well and feel like you're kind of a part of the game too we talk about denver as the lacrosse capital of the west and uh it's more than just something that looks good on signage and all that type of stuff i mean right now you got a top 10 program matt brown's got a top 10 program what's that relationship like you two have known each other obviously for so long and i've asked brownie this question about your team on the women's side for his team on the men's side it seems like it's a, uh, a a rising tides sort of situation where as well as you're doing, they're cheering you on. And as well as they're doing, you're doing the same. And you always are pushing each other to try to be better. What is that relationship like between the two staffs and between the two teams? I think it's a, a really high level of respect um, and and love. I mean, I, I think that, you know, we want them to be successful. We, you know, the girls, we got, we, have, we went to practice early on Saturday so that we could get to their game saw a ton of their guys in both of our games this weekend. And I, I think the camaraderie makes it even more special. And then uh, there's certainly, you know, a competitiveness as well, right? Like they won on Saturday. We're like, we better get double down. We got, you know, we want, we want the two peat for the weekend. So, you know, we, we do like to win as well. That's never a bad thing. If that's no, part never. of the competitive uh, spirit between the two, that's never a bad thing. Yep. Um, Liza for uh, this next, you know, uh, quarter poll, let's say, of this season, the remainder of your non-conference schedule. Uh, by the time you hit the field coming up on Saturday against Maryland, it's March. So you're into the, you know, the first real full month, uh, week-to-week, day-to-day of game action. What do you want your team to progress with? I mean, your first conference game is coming up real quick, March 24th against UConn at home. Uh, you open Big East Conference play. So you've got four games between now and then. Uh, what do you really want to see the progression either continue or maybe evolve with uh, as you approach conference play? 
Yeah, there's certain aspects of our game that are are certainly not perfected yet. Um, and so I don't think that we're anywhere near kind of that that focus point of um of of where we're playing perfect lacrosse. And and so for me, it's just for us to learn about what we're capable of the field on the field. And I think that they watch each other and they learn different moves from watching each other. And they're so invested in, in watching other games and other film that I I just feel like this is a team that has just a huge growth spurt coming on. That's a really good way to describe it too, because it does feel like it happens in stages like that, where sometimes it can be a progression, but other times it is like you hit, you'll plateau a little bit and then you just jump in terms of your growth. What contributes most to that? Do you think, uh, especially for a team that has a lot of good veteran leadership, when is it, um, or is there anything that seems like it clicks where everybody just all of a sudden kind of settles into that next gear? You know, I think it's sometimes just doing it in a game. You know, I th- I think once you you find that success or that rhythm in a game, you start to understand this is something that I can do. This is something that is can be, you know, a, a repetition for me, whether that's offensively or defensively. Um, and then you just have that confidence that you kind of expect that performance um, out of yourself. And then once you kind of set that that standard, right, you can then raise the bar again. All right, Liza. Well, one of the things that uh, we always enjoy getting uh, the nitty gritty on is your keys to the game. You go into Saturday uh, and you're taking on a top 10 team in Maryland. And obviously it's not going to be something that's super easy to distill to just a couple of things. But if you're going to have success against Maryland and you're going to be able to get uh, a big time win at home, what needs to go uh, right on Saturday? And what do you want to see your team accomplish to be able to get that win against the Terps? I think we're going to have to have a really good defensive game. They are a talented attack. So we're going to need to be on. Um, we're going to have to flush out the ball handlers, really get in their faces and, and make them try to go more 1v1 than feed. Then we're going to have to take care of that ball and transition. That's going to be clears and draw controls. And then offensively, we're going to have to capitalize on you know those one hitters, the ones where everything goes right with the seven and you're wide open in front of the goal cage. We got to nail those. Um, then we can have a couple, you know, ugly goals here and there. But if we can nail, you know, you know, nail those big finishers, I, that, that puts us in a good spot. It is going to be a fun day of Pioneer Lacrosse at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium coming up on Saturday. It is a doubleheader. It's kind of a day-night doubleheader, if you will. Yeah. Pioneer <laughs> women at 11 a.m. Uh, and the men's game is coming up against Lemoyne at 7 p.m. But uh, that women's matchup is going to be a whole pile of fun with that 11 a.m. start time uh, for the Pioneers and the Maryland Terrapins, a top 10 matchup again. feels like we're going to say that about 100 times this season combined between your program uh, and the men's side, a top 10 matchup, a top five matchup. That's head coach of Pioneer Lacrosse, Liza Kelly. Uh, Liza, good Good luck on the weekend. Uh, enjoy it. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much. See you next time. Wrapping up this week's episode of the Pioneer Coaches Show presented by Johnson Financial Group for the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. We'll talk to you next time on 104.3 The Fan HD3.